welcome to officially the second real episode of Rated NA. We've made it to two guys. All right. Are you excited, yeah. or is this three? I think this is three. I, I thought this was three. Well, I think it's pilot. I guess you count the pilot, right? So we'll do three. This is episode three. I thought this is our fourth recorded this episode. Is. Well, there, yeah, but there's a there's a the first one I think was episode zero. We'll never we'll never. Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, this is so this episode is definitely three, three of the Rated NA podcast. Um, we are here. I've had a horrible week, so if you hear me sighing a lot, that's that's probably yeah. what's going on through my brain it's right been now. A pretty brutal week, I think, for most of us. <laughs> yeah. So should we talk about that? Uh, yeah. Let's, let's just let's just shoot the shit for a minute. Okay, we can we can do that. Uh, what, well, do we, my, what do we want to kick it off with? Well, if you start, Matt, it'll be a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell Matt's why Matt's week was bad. Ugh. And then I'll tell Matt's a bridge version. Matt is looking for a place to live because he's soon to be homeless. And he had a lot of people kind of jerking him around. And he actually had one landlord try and give him financial advice, uh, which was <laughs> quite annoying and obnoxious. Yeah. And on top of that, on the way here, he got in a car accident. <laughs> but <laughs> he is okay. We're off to a good start. Yes, he is uh, okay. And it's only going to be a couple hundred bucks, probably. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be major. Yeah, so that that's good. And that was a short version. Yeah, sure. Scott's having a bad week because he has hemorrhoids. Yeah. Whoa, hold on. Scott, <laughs> Scott didn't even know it yet. Let's, yeah, this is... Have this, you ever had a hemorrhoid? This is news to me. I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you know? I, how do you know? I, I got one my first week of teaching. <laughs> okay. So it's stress-related. you stand teaching the whole time? I pretty much had to. I would, like, sit, like, one butt cheek on a desk <laughs> and, like, kind of like, give the old spreadsy. So give I... Give some air. Yeah. Maybe your students just thought you were super cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. And, um, I imagine. Yeah. One thing you learn teaching is you need, like, bowel control because you can't shit for, like, eight hours. <laughs> no, so I you just have to learn... Like, you learn, like, Lamaze breathing. Like, <laughs> period seven, you're like... <laughs> Just trying to like hold it in, you know. There's nothing you can do. Anyway, this is, <laughs> is, there, is there like a mad rush for the bathroom at the end of the? Oh day? yeah, and, and the there's always like some guy that beats me at the end of the day, and I have these fantasies of like me taking like a textbook and smashing him across. I have the to. Face. I have to say the one, not the one, but one of the awesome things about my job is that it's on like the second floor of a really not busy building at, at the college. Yeah. And like the bathroom is essentially private. It's almost amazing. Oh, like you can always a place. Like to honestly, I walk in if somebody's in the stall, I just turn around and walk right back out. I'm like, I'll just wait till it's empty again, and, so and then I'll like run and grab a bottle of water, and then come back, and I'm like, open bathroom, and no yeah. one bothers you pretty much the whole time you're in there. See, I have to shit with a, a virtual audience. There will be like four math teachers <laughs> sitting three feet on the other side of the door, and I'll be like, <laughs> and just come out and be like, at this point, I'm like, "What's up, ladies?" Like, I just can't, you know. I think. Are you guys? Are you guys a um, uh, handicapped stall or small small personal stall? We have. Um, What's your preference in general? Not oh, me, school. I. You know, I used to do the handicaps, but then I realized the handicaps actually get more traffic because yes. they're preferred. So now I, I like the little really? private ones. Yeah. Oh, oh man, it's so nice. Ones. You feel like nice and cozy. In yeah, there? Like, yeah, I like the smallness. Yeah. I like the coziness yeah. of the yeah. smaller ones. And then the other thing is the one at my work. The awkward thing is that the handicap, the toilet faces like parallel with the door. Okay, and it's really weird. So like when somebody walks in, like you can actually watch people like coming in and out oh, of the bathroom and they can see you you know yeah. I think I think the, the real prerequisite is like how much 
how much can you casually see out of the door as you walk by? Like that's yeah. a stall that I'm gonna avoid. Do you guys ever try to guess who it is if it's at work or something? Like, like by the shoes just came in? or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's always terrible. Or by the way, the keys jingle. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh, that's Bill. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Real quick, let me finish yeah. with the bathroom stuff because it's my my pride of my life. <laughs> um, the I stopped. Another reason I stopped using the handicap stalls is I was in there for a really long time. One time, so I opened the door and there was a guy in a wheelchair oh. waiting to use it, and I was like, "I'm an asshole." <laughs> because I feel like I honestly in this uh, you. I think you you know you don't watch Seinfeld either, right? No. I am like George Costanza with bathrooms, where he has this thing where like every job he gets, he wants like a private bathroom, and he actually pretends to be handicapped at one job <laughs> so that he can use. They give him this like ridiculous like deluxe private bathroom, and he he pretends to be handicapped, and slowly, of course, it's Seinfeld, so it, like unravels, and people start figuring out that he's not handicapped. And it's amazing, but I, I honestly feel like him half the time. I, I'm like, I have a real quick pro tip for you guys. What's that? In case for future reference. Uh-huh. Uh, Yesterday, I was at work literally for 12 hours, 11 hours. Uh, I got the material for uh, a poster that I had to make for a professional conference. And uh, it was due to the company that we were doing the poster for by Friday morning. So we had to overnight it. So in one day, I collected material, uh, designed, compiled, edited, printed, packed, the poster, and then like at six thirty, I went to FedEx with a colleague of mine, and went into the building, and I was like, "Hey, uh, we have fifty copies of this one sheet, and we have this poster. It's thirty by forty. The company wanted the poster flat packed, flat packed, mounted on foam core, because I'm assuming like in their megabucks corporations, they can probably print on foam core, but that's besides the point. But so the the lady's like, okay." Uh, when do you need it to get there? And we were like, Friday morning. And she's like, okay. She's like, let's see, 30 by 40. And uh, where is it going? Maryland, okay. Type, 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 type. That'll be $296. Did your jaw literally hang open? No, I mean, like, I just started laughing because at that point, after an 11-hour day, realizing that it wasn't going to get there, I was just kind of like... Yeah. Do you, do you want another pro tip Yeah. for you that you're, you could have called your designer buddy for? Uh, you should be able to design the poster. Uh, contact FedEx. Uh, send the PDF to the local FedEx of where you were going to get it printed. Have them print it out and deliver it. That would have been there. amazing. Well, anyways, it would have been a lot cheaper. It's, uh, it's too late for that now, I suppose. Because yeah. Friday is Friday, and, and that's that. So, uh, called my boss, and he flipped out, and uh, you're fired. No, it's not my fault. It's <laughs> yeah. totally not my fault. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not how accountable at all. But that, that was my yesterday. So everyone, awesome. we're, we're off to a good start this Great. week. Yeah, Great. week.
All right, let's jump in. We're going to do some, some news. And Ash, I want you to kick it off. Oh, uh, let's see. Because well, I think this this is actually something very local to us. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I think it applies to a lot of areas around the country that I think things like this happen and people probably aren't that well, you know. It's, I don't yeah, think we're yeah. alone in being the fact that we have a very under-promoted film festival yeah. that happens here. Well, okay, so there's two, um, I want to say two major film festivals in Orlando. One's the Florida Film, film Festival, which, which has become huge. this kind of this hydro-like monster that, that comes around every year, and now it's incredibly expensive, and it's very... Uh, well, I think the film industry picked up on it pretty quick, and yeah. it's become pretty massive now. It is. It, it's, it actually takes over one of the regal, like, 20 cinema yeah, places. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I remember as a, a young gentleman, it was so small um, when I was, you know, long ago, let's just say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was able to, like, go to the award ceremony just yeah. as a civilian, and I, like, hung out a couple tables away from Christopher Walken, mm-hmm. and it was, like, no big deal. And now the Florida Film Festival is huge. So, um, long story short, now there's the Orlando Film Festival, which is uh, really DIY, really small. Uh, and the really neat thing that they have going for them is that it's uh, free. So all the movies and stuff are free. You can pay for a VIP pass. It's, like, $100.00. And you get into everything, including all the Q and A sessions and all the parties and um, and all the extra bells and whistles they have. But you can go as as a civilian and just get into all these movies for free. So um, I went with Christina, who's my wife, and we uh, we went to actually we met um, Jim Henson's daughter, and um, we saw a bunch of uh, Muppet style shorts, which was really cool. And we all actually went there to go see a movie called Montana Amazon, which was um, I actually went there to stalk Alice and Brie. I'm not gonna lie, that's why I, I wanted. Well, to the two of you creeped out a little on Twitter for. It's me. very admirable. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the deal. I love Alice and Brie, and I told my wife like, "Hey, can can I love her? Is this acceptable?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah, you can love her. That's fine. Um, you don't have a shot in hell, so you can love her all you want." So I thought, you know. She was here in town. She 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 yeah. tweeted from miles actually, away from my she house. She actually tweeted that she was like a place that's very close to where we all live. We're all like, "Whoa, what yeah. are you doing there? Yeah. That's weird." And for people that don't live in New York or LA, we have basically Carrot Top as our only yeah. local yeah. celebrity, <laughs> and we have Carrot Top sightings all the time, and it's terrifying. Nobody so, cares anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> Allison Bree tweeting from a couple blocks from my house. Literally, I'm like, "All right, this is cool." Yeah. Um, so she was at the Friday premiere of Montana Amazon. We didn't make it to that, so we went to the Sunday showing, uh, which she was not at. But the movie ended up being really enjoyable. Um, it is a comedy slash drama, and it's about a dysfunctional family from uh, Montana who are my interpretation was they are the family from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> The family that lives in the dilapidated shack and has the worst social skills humanly possible, and that if you broke down next to their house and like peered in the windows, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this family? <laughs> but it's a comedy from the perspective of a family like that. And um, a murder happens on accident because that's what happens with families <laughs> like this, and they decide that they're going to make a run for the border to Canada. Well, the only problem is the grandmother cannot read, and so the kids don't want to tell her how to get to Canada, so they end up going across the entire country 
where Canada is, you know, only about two hours away yeah, from Montana. Montana. And then so they, yeah, so they <laughs> make her take a left instead of a right and they go across the entire United States. Now the thing I loved about the movie was the cinematography was absolutely gorgeous. You got to see, you know, a lot of the country. You got to see Nevada and the desert and you got to see the mountains, you got to see the Grand Canyon. And um, the acting was awesome. It has um, Kelly Joel Osment from Sixth Sense. Uh, he's all grown up. He's probably he's probably in his early twenties. I'm guessing when they filmed this, so it was kind of odd to see him as a, a yeah. young adult. Oh. Um, and uh, Allison Brie plays the older the older sister, and she's um, kind of sexually deranged, and she rips the head off dolls throughout the entire movie, and. She throws a kid off a cliff and <laughs> calls her horrible names. But so she doesn't look like a Disney character in this movie. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing. <laughs> Even they slapped her on with all this makeup and like tried to make her look hideous, but to me, like, still super hot. <laughs> <laughs> Still super hot. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, you know, even as this deranged, like she's like dirty and like they had like white caked on makeup and she looked like totally tired and gross. And I was just like, ah, so so hot. Um, <laughs> totally but, yeah. a compliment. But yeah, so Montana Amazon really good. Definitely go check it out. It's um, not playing anywhere right now, but it will hopefully come out um, on the. Know, it might be one of those Netflixies that hits. It Netflix might be, or it might get limited. You think release. it'll get picked Netflix up? Hopefully, it gets limited release. It, it was I great. mean, the the the. Uh isn't the film festival circuit like just kind of starting right now? Doesn't it run yeah. through winter into spring? Yes, yeah. So yeah. hopefully it plays a few more places. It only played in Orlando and in LA. And that's kind of enough, awesome, actually. Yeah, like it actually just premiered to say here. It came here. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is cool. You know, so that was my my big news item. <laughs> cool. Um, so look for your local film festivals. I always think they're worth it. So it's it's really awesome. I'm actually kind of pissed. I think the the bummer of it being free is that it, it wasn't really promoted whatsoever here in town. So I didn't even know what was going on. Um, and I definitely would have checked out a few movies. So I've got a couple pieces of news. One is very personal to me because I experienced it. And that is Comic-Con tickets went on sale November 8th. And then quickly went off sale November 8th because no one could actually get through the website to purchase a single ticket. <laughs> so are they sold out or are they? No, they sold. According to them, they sold a handful like because the site was so shut down that they couldn't get anyone through it. They're gonna have to do a lottery. I can tell you that I was on it and I managed to get to the credit card page and I hit submit and then it died. And that's after like every page that I was on before it died as I was trying to go through. Um, they need to do a lot of things. The site's horrible. I mean, not even their website, which is whatever you know remotely informational and just kind of okay their registration site is god awful and and the process of getting multiple passes is ridiculous and the whole thing is just such a like just messed up they need to get somebody to spend some time to put it together and do it right whatever the hell happened they yanked it offline completely came back on monday this week and said hey how about the 22nd how does that sound to everybody and we're gonna do it at a really ridiculous time so you know Keep your eyes open. Hopefully, it'll stay up that time. And I mean, so I don't it's know. a surprise. Like they're not going to say what time they're going. No, it's twenty second. I think it's six a.m. Pacific time, yeah. nine a.m. Eastern. Yeah. So uh, I mean, but why? I don't think the time is going to deter anybody from. No, I mean, it's still the only thing I can figure is that they either changed registration companies, which I'm actually kind of hoping, and maybe they did, and they got a better service, and mm-hmm. it'll be I can get on and buy two passes at one time. That crazy kind of logic. Yeah. 
uh, or that they went to that company and were like, look, you're getting paid a ton of money to do this. Now, Why don't you buy another server and get this thing working? Yeah. So when you buy the tickets, do you have to put in the names of the people that are... You buy one ticket for yourself, and then you walk all the way through the process again and buy a ticket. Well, I'm saying, like... If you want to uh, get two. Do you, okay. And do you have to put your name on the ticket yes. when you buy So it's it? not like PAX, though. Like, PAX, I could buy two tickets and say, one's for me, one's for, you know, Melissa or whatever. Oh. This one, you have to buy them individually. Like, you buy one pass for yourself. You buy another pass oh. for your wife. You buy another pass well, I didn't know. for your friend. I guess you I was know? just asking if this entered the realm of, like, you know, buying something just for the purposes of selling it on eBay. Like, No, you can't. Hey, I've got ten tickets going on eBay right you now. Can't because uh-huh. you pick up the passes there with ID. Once you, I mean, once you get there and you get the pass, I could sell it. I could yeah. easily sell it. And if you got to go out to San Diego, but you have to get to San Diego to yeah to get the pass. There's yeah. a business opportunity for all you people that live in uh, San Diego. You could oh yeah, scalping Comic Con tickets. And I think people are doing that. I'd be so willing to bet that there's probably some people doing that now. So in San Diego. Sad. Don't do that. Yeah. Also, if you see passes for sale like on Craigslist and shit, like they're probably fake. I wouldn't even we bother putting that last into year because we got our tickets really late. Yeah. Yeah. I almost bought them from like a strange woman. I mean, it's it's really sad because before I went last year, last year was my first year. Before I went last year, I was all for it moving to another city because San Diego is very tiny. It's very hard to hold the amount of people that they're putting in there. Now that I've been there, I don't want to. It's it's awesome. Like it's really awesome being in the middle of San Diego, right on the water, and there's like shit all around you. You're in the middle of downtown, like. That kind of setting is really great because when you're not at the con, which I wasn't for two days, I could just hang out in San Diego and go do things. And like so many places, like in Orlando, if if it was here and I went and stayed in a hotel out by I Drive, there's shit to do out there. And if like I'd have to rent a car and drive somewhere to go do yeah. anything at that point, you know. It is in a, it's in a perfect location, which is why I'm glad it, it's uh, contract got renewed for another mm-hmm. five years because it just means five yeah. more years of this insanely packed. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It's crazy, man. Trying to get a ticket and trying to get through that, con, is, that con is, is. is nuts. And this year we have a lot of folks that want to go with us, so hopefully they get on it and yeah. get tickets. And I mean, it's honestly, the more people that go, you can split rooms. It's not too expensive. I mean, the yeah. passes are only 100 bucks for four days. If yeah. you can get them. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you <laughs> yeah. know, I, I have a feeling that, honestly, I have a feeling that had the site not gone down, it wouldn't have been that hard to get. I mean, they're selling 125,000 oh, okay. year or four-day passes. Right. So, or maybe not that many. They're probably selling like seventy thousand four day passes. But you know, if all seventy thousand people hit the site at one time and it's a shitty site, it'll shut it down immediately. Like that's that's a hard mm-hmm. load to carry when you're not used to that kind of traffic. So yeah, absolutely. You know, whatever. But affected me. I sat there all day, basically during work on Monday. Yeah, it's trying it's to a buy pain. a freaking ticket. I remember trying to get a housing hotel hotel through the college. Not looking for that either this time. That yeah, I'm not doing it this year. So what else we got? So the second bit of news um, is kind of old news that I don't think we actually talked about, but there's new uh, tidbits coming out. But that is that Christopher Nolan and the new Batman movie, there's officially a title, um, and there's some stuff that's come out. So the title is The Dark Knight Rises, um, which probably alludes very heavily to the fact that at the end of the last movie, The Dark Knight kind of fell, essentially. He, he took the, the low road of being the vil- not the villain, but having the town kind of look down on him and kind of hide the fact that Two-Face ever appeared or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the title. And then this just came out literally today, and I don't even think that long ago. Um, there is a list of female stars attached to the film for two roles 
One is a love interest. One is a villain. Mm. And the names are, which I don't think any of these are shocking, uh, Rachel Weiss, Naomi Watts, Blake Lively, Natalie Portman, Anne Hathaway, and Kira Knightley. All right, so Kira Knightley, Anne Hathaway, Catwoman. That's not going to be the love interest. That's going to be the villain. And the one more Christian Bale's age is going to be the love interest. Naomi Rachel Watts, Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm a little upset that... Uh, What's her What's her face from the last movie had to go? Oh, she replaced Katie Holmes. The sad turtle. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mag, yeah. Sorry. You don't like her? She looks like a sad. Oh, turtle. Have, you seen, <laughs> have you seen the secretary? Totally makes it worth it. You just like S and M. You creep. Yeah, no, you're I, think a creep. I, like, I think I like Maggie Gyllenhaal. You like Maggie Gyllenhaal? I'm not a huge fan of her. No, I mean she's I, a decent actress. That's actually really good news because I, you know, I I love the Batman movies. I think I think the majority of us. Like the Batman movies, yeah, um, oh, yeah. I thought the last one was a bit too dark, though. I remember being really? in the theater and being like, "Okay, this." Is Do you think some of that was the tone of, of Joker dying? Though, I mean, I think that definitely, or not Joker, but <laughs> Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger dying. I think that factored into it. I think it, I kind of went in with this like strange, morbid fascination of seeing him in his last, well, almost last role, right. Not that anyone saw Imaginarium, but... It's on Netflix right now. It is it? Yeah, it's available on Um But, yeah, I think that definitely factored into it. And uh, I think they're great movies, but are they really superhero movies? No, they're not. They're I think they're very... They're Christopher Nolan superhero movies. Yeah. I mean, they're not... They're not... I don't know, Batman's one of those characters, man. Like, his best stories are, are dark and twisted. Yeah. Um... We, which we've talked about in previous episodes, uh, or, yeah, of this. But, you know, I don't know, um, I don't want, I honestly don't want Catwoman. I have zero interest, even in the, like, the cool noir Catwoman, I just... Do you think uh, it's failed too many times in previous movies to make that even, like, viable? She's I mean, just a hard character yeah. to come down. Like, Selena Kyle, she's a seductress and she's a thief, but beyond that, I've never seen, like, that that many dimensions in her character. Mm. You know, it's like she always, she's like licking Batman and like rubbing up against him like a cat. It's almost like cartoony and ridiculous. Yeah. No matter how you cut it, you know? Well, it's like the same reason that, and they also denied uh, the Riddler. Said Riddler's not coming. They said for male villains that they're not really going to be introducing anyone new and it should be people you've seen before, which to me means gangsters again and Two-Face. What about that Scarecrow? Well, yeah, he's not dead yet either. Who'd you say Anne Hathaway and who was the other younger actress? Uh, well, there's Natalie Portman and Blake Lively too, and Keira Knightley. Hmm. I could also see it being Harley. I could see Harley, and yeah. I could see uh, Natalie Portman. I think would be awesome for Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um. It would just be so weird having Harley without Joker because he's. It'd be a great reason to have Harley, though. Yeah, but then how do you handle the Joker thing? Like, are you going to be like, oh, he's. You know, hiding in the lore wasn't she a shrink in Arkham? Yeah, and then she gets corrupted by corrupted him. by him and Scarecrow. I think I think the two. Yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Anne Hathaway being like a Bizarro Harley. I think that would I didn't be want amazing. to talk about this no? anymore. Okay. Get, my wife's gonna if she ever hears this podcast. <laughs> You're an Anne Hathaway fan too. I've, I've been an Anne Hathaway fan wow, for a long man. time. Yeah, ever since the Princess Diaries. You guys make me feel like I have weird taste in women now. <laughs> Phone's off, buddy. So professional. Wait, I gotta check my phone too. Hold on. Oh. It says, "Hey, 
I'm on a podcast. And you're ruining it. You're on it too. Right now. Hi. Hi. I was just saying how I shouldn't talk about Anne Hathaway with with you around. Why? Because I'll get in trouble. (laughs) You won't get in trouble. Okay. All right. I love you, but I gotta go because I'm on a podcast. Alright, I'll see you in a bit. Okay. Bye. So, I mean, you know, we can we can leave that in. Yeah, uh, there you go. So, I mean, uh, permission to talk about it halfway now. But, I mean, uh, Harley, I guess, they were saying uh, uh, Ross al Ghul's daughter, too, could be uh, a possibility. But none of them are of the ethnicity that would be Ross al Ghul. Although they use Liam, you know. Or, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, who is not at all. <laughs> <laughs> even remotely. Yeah, he's, well, like, he's supposed to be Middle Eastern. <laughs> yeah, he's to be, unless he's like Lebanese. Or what is he supposed to be? Middle Eastern. I think, Ross Ghoul's Ghoul's Middle Eastern. I think he's Middle Eastern. And Liam oh, Eason is definitely not. No. He's you could maybe say like Mediterranean. That'd probably be like, you know, yes. as far out from Middle East as you could go. But I, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I think it's interesting. I, I, I think everybody loves to guess about these movies because yeah. they're always like all over the place and Christopher Nolan is so ridiculously secretive about everything he does that everybody just has to try to figure it out ahead of time. But yeah, yeah. I, I was cool. I was happy to see a title. Um, I was actually okay with hearing that Riddler's not going to be in the movie. I, I feel like those... Could, I mean, I feel like Riddler could be done well with Christopher Nolan because he could be kind of like a seven, you know, type of creepy character. But Is yeah. there like a 21st century way to do the Riddler? Yeah, yeah, like, like Seven, like the movie Seven, like he, where he's he like... He texts Batman, <laughs> the riddles. Like, yeah. No, where he does like... No, I'm saying like, I'm talking about not spandex. Uh, okay. like, I mean yeah. like dark, like he can just be dark and kind of... Oh, okay. Sending like gruesome riddles to, to Batman yeah. to try Fair to freak enough. him out, you know, making him yeah. the detective essentially. So I don't know, we'll see. So that's, I think that's all for the news, right? You yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Uh, I think that's it for now. So we have um, some game stuff to talk about. We got some game stuff and some reviews of such. Yeah. And uh, that'll be that today. So we'll be back in a minute. All right. So we are doing something new. We usually do our little open thread discussion here where we just kind of pick a topic and start talking. And we are not doing that because somebody in this room finally beat Mass Effect 2. That is me. Yeah. you, yeah. So what we are doing is we are affectionately calling this spoiler talk. And we basically are going to talk about front to back, uh, not including probably the DLC, uh, or most of it at least, but front to back Mass Effect 2. Spoilers galore included, so if you do not want to know spoilers, skip ahead 
and hope you make it to the next section because it's going to be riddled with everything that happened in this game. You should have beaten the game I by now. Yeah, <laughs> buddy, I just beat it, alright, man? Oh, okay. Maybe not everybody sits around and gets 50,000 gamer points while they're sure. doing nothing else. Ooh, I'm close. Alright, so, uh, so that's what we're doing. Mass Effect 2 spoiler talk. And uh, best game ever or best game ever? Uh, I want to say that it's probably my favorite game of all time, but that is my disclaimer. I know, Scott, you're in the minority here. That yeah. It is my favorite game of all time. Yeah. Easy. I loved it. Destroyed yeah. Mass Effect 1, but that's okay. I still like Mass Effect 1 better. Look, so the story great. is great in Mass Effect 1. I'm not arguing that. Uh, but game, the game as a whole, uh, God, man, I don't know how... Mass Effect 2 was just... It was, like, every turn I was like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me! Like, yeah. loved every yeah. second of it. And not only for the story elements, which I thought were great in Mass Effect 2, but the gameplay, the, the, oh. the changing from this rotten third-person yeah. shooter to a, Rolling a really the dice. solid uh, third-person shooter with a really good cover mechanic and, um, you know, squad mates that aren't horrible, that oh. actually have good yeah. AI... I will say the only negative. Well, I don't know about the only negative. The the one negative that I'm looking back now that I'm feeling, and we'll get to what the ending was, is that, and it might be because I I hundred percented everything. I had actually explored every planet by the time I hit the last level. I had bought every single that's, piece of merchandise. Very, very admirable. Yeah. Every piece of merchandise except two, and uh, upgraded everything a hundred percent by the yeah. time I got to the final fight. And I will say the final fight in the first one between Saren and and also the final final fight after Saren where you fight um, the Reaper, yeah, uh, had a little bit more like gravity. Yeah, I was that's exactly yeah. what I was about to use. Then the then the final fight in this one where you fight the Collector and the Reaper because it was just kind of like this one. I just it wasn't as hard. It was a lot. This one yeah, was a lot yeah, easier yeah. for me to beat, and it might also been because of my class. And the way they came in to fight you, because I literally just sat behind a wall and sniped every oh, player yeah, yeah. that ran at me. Definitely, but uh, well, I mean that that that's the thing. I think um, the first game definitely had a better arch villain. Like you're yeah, dealing, Saren you're dealing was with so Sam, much more. Yeah. He, you know, he, he's uh, he was a great villain because he one like, he kind of turned to the dark side. Yeah. Um, you know, he was. Uh, Completely corrupted and evil, and at the end, depending on you know how high your par- paragon or renegade were, you could you know make him take his own life, which was pretty dramatic. And then uh, that last fight was great. And this, yeah. of course, um, it was much larger. The scheme yeah. of things was oh, yeah, much yeah. larger. I think what's considered the final fight in this, though, is you actually going after the collector ship. Yeah, in the Normandy. Too. I think that whole thing yeah. was was kind of your, when you hit Omega Four. It's like. That's your that's your yeah, ending, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. The 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 whole suicide mission um, were to me like. First of all, I, I'm almost done with my fourth playthrough, which is stupid. But I love the game <laughs> so much awesome. that I keep trying other classes I, and trying different stuff. This, yeah, yeah, this might be my one game that I play through. Oh yeah, especially the thing that I really suggest is if you play through as a male, play through, play through as a female because the the voice acting that Jennifer Hale does, yeah, she is like leaps and bounds the best female voice actress really? in the business, mm-hmm. and her portrayal of Shepard is phenomenal. She has such balls. It, yeah. she is so tough in this. It's so good. But um, anyway, the suicide mission was just this culmination of all these relationships that you built 
with yeah. all the characters over yeah. the side. And you actually had to make these tough you make calls. These crazy decisions. Like, and the first time I did the suicide mission, I fucked up. And, like, I lost, like, three or four people. So, Even though I had all the loyalties, yeah. I chose... Poorly. So let's go into that. I did too. Yeah, you, yeah. Fucked, you fucked up, too. Yeah. yeah. Aced it. Did really? you? The first First time? playthrough. That's yeah. really No problems. I just knew, and I, I, I feel like it was the connections I had with everybody that when I was getting asked these questions, I was like, oh, fucking... No question. It was... Uh, I told you this. It was it was uh, Legion up the tube to go defuse the things. They were like, it's going to take somebody with some hacking skills. Yeah. And I was like, Legion, done. And then they are like... We need a leader, and Jack's like, "Fuck that girl! I'm not following her." And I was like, "Garrus." Yeah. They're like, "Oh yeah, perfect. Garrus is good." And then yeah. that worked out fine. And then the next time they're like, "We've got to send somebody with the doctor." And I was like, uh, "Morden, you're going." And he was like, "Cool, no problem." And then they're like, "We need a leader again." And I was like, "Fuck, I'm not changing now, Garrus. Go." And they're like, "All right." And then I took uh, Samara, Samara mm-hmm. to do the bubble. Oh yeah, at like zero problems the entire time. It, like everything. I think follows. I made one wrong choice, which kind really? of screwed everything else up. Would you? Do you remember? I think I sent somebody into the tube that I shouldn't have shouldn't sent. Have sent. Like like Thane or somebody because I was like, oh, he's kind of like a ninja guy. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think logically for a few of my decisions. Like I remember I picked to lead one of the fire teams. I picked Grunt because I'm like, I'm gonna give Grunt his moment of glory. Yeah. He's, he's always <laughs> wanted to fight a lot and like. He's standing there by the door and gets shot in the stomach and dies. And, like, <laughs> and then I think I sent somebody like ridiculous in the tube and they got boiled up and killed. And then I sent Jack. For some reason, I was like, oh, I don't have Jack's loyalty, but I'll make her do the bubble. Yeah. And she gets like sucked into the heavens by all those little like wow. little krill. I didn't see any of that. Yeah, yeah. So I made a few bad decisions. Yeah. I have to go back and do it. But. Um, you know, phenomenal, and like we're Matt and I, we broke the rule and we talked about it a little bit. But I my question it. is, how do you write the fucking third game? Because there is the probability that you can come out of the suicide mission with only one extra person. Like I mean, you can, can have die. everybody die except for one who's random because mm-hmm. someone has to pull you into the ship. But it's random. Game. It's not ran- It's random because it could be anybody. But yeah. you would be the one who's essentially yeah. picking. And list. Joker has to live, obviously. Yeah, Joker. Because he, you know. How about that fucking scene? Yes. Come on, Joker yeah. running through the ship. Yeah, man. What? What? At the at the end or the beginning? At the end. Yeah. Oh, I don't even remember. So, so you the game had like no impact on me at all. Dude, I'm sorry no. to say that. Like, yes. I really want to enjoy the game. The game was ruined for me by marketing because that's all you heard was like, "It's a suicide mission. It's a suicide mission," and they're like, "There's a relay," and then you turn the game on, and the first thing you see is the relay, and I'm like, "Okay, great. I know that I'm going to spend this whole game just trying to get to this relay, and that's the end of the game." And like, yeah. so like they tell you, like, <laughs> they didn't tell you like. You're fighting the fucking collectors, they, and you know you're gonna meet a human. Rumor. They did not. They did not need to tell you up front that you were gonna do a suicide mission like that. That ruined the whole game for me because I could have played through the game and then found out like as as the story unfolded that like I might not be coming back from this relay. But you, I mean, but like just as a story, you would know that immediately going into it. You would know like you already knew about the Omega Four relay. Like that, you knew about that fucking last game. But I mean, they could have told me that it wasn't a like. I didn't need to. No one, if no one came out and explicitly said this is a suicide mission, it was just it, had it been kind of implied, I but, may not have worked on the relationship. Here's the hitch to that story, though. That wasn't it. Wasn't a suicide mission. I brought everybody back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did too. But like, I don't know why that had to be emphasized so strongly. Like, leading up to this above mm. everything else. 
I think yeah, you're talking about the, the marketing of the game and um, you know, Bioware pretty much won record saying like, hey, this game is all you could fucking die. And like, yeah. I remember thinking when I bought this game, like, holy crap, like I don't want to die. Like I, I want to live. So it was like everything I did, I was kind of you know nervous about all my decisions. Yeah, I would have preferred to have not been told that at all. So decision points. Yeah. Did you say? Did you save your entire spaceship team, or did you just save your your battlers? And did you let the collector ship live, or did you blow it up? I saved everybody on board, including um, the Yeoman, doctor? Yeoman, yeah. whatever. No, not is. the, the Chakwas. No, no, no. The, uh, the your secretary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, see uh, I saved them and yeah. the engineers, and I saved my whole crew, and I blew up the the collector ship. Blew it up. Now, the interesting, and I'm not outing you or, or like yeah. running you over for this, but the interesting thing is you went back to make that happen. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way so. I'm going in with freaking Jack dead and all this. No. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. What? What did you do at the end? I don't even remember if I blew up the ship or not. I knew that I got everyone back. You got the entire crew back. I didn't lose anybody on the mission, and I think I had to do it once or twice to get that right. So, but I don't remember what happened. I think I play the game totally different than you, man. I think you, you, I think you see this game as having a clear ending and and yeah, like a right and a wrong way to beat it. And I don't feel like there is. I really don't. I lost my crew because I spent too much time looking at planets before I went. So I lost everybody but the doctor. The doctor's literally, if you walk around on my ship right now, it is fucking empty. No one's on. Oh wow! I have the doctor and I have my fighters because I got. I got no one left behind still for some reason because I guess it only applies to, to people party. fighting with you. Yeah. To your party, yeah. And I have I have Joker, of course, and then I have Edie and the Doctor. And that's it. That's all I have on my ship. But And I saved the collector ship and everybody's pissed at me for it. My entire crew is like, I don't even why remember the fuck what, did you save I don't even ship? remember what we did with the ship. But the I feel like the way I play the game is like, I don't think I, I like to give them credit that there is no real clear ending yeah. and that these things are just part of a world that just kind of move on and like sure you know what I mean like I like this saving the collectorship for me I I almost went with it because I felt like it was the harder decision to make like blowing it up to me was easy like mm-hmm. of course you could just blow it up and you don't have to think about it anymore but then saving it to me was like, well, maybe we could learn stuff. You know, this could be a good thing to have around no, next time. Definitely, that's you know, that was. I think you know, like, what if, what if next time the game starts and like the Cerebus dude, the elusive man, calls me up? He's like, hey, guess what? We built you a fucking gigantic collector ship. Why don't you go hop in that thing and fly sure. around? I'd be like, hell yeah! yeah. Like, you yeah. know, yeah. There's definitely going to be some major <clears throat> repercussions to that. I think that's probably the biggest decision in the game. And then you know, there's a lot, of course other large ones that happen. Just as an aside, I wonder if there's going to be repercussions to going to every store on the Citadel and telling them that that's your that favorite you're, store. I thought about <laughs> yeah. that too. Like, just as like an Easter egg in Mass Effect 3, like, <laughs> yeah. all the stores charge you more. Because they're like, what the fuck? You they, told everybody. Yeah, yeah. They found out that you hoard yourself out to the yeah. other stores. And the, Have you seen those shirts that Bioware have now? N- this no. Is, the shirt just says, I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite shirt on the Citadel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to buy one. <laughs> That's so amazing. That's but, awesome. But uh, other stuff, I thought that the characters, um, you know, I really enjoyed them. Um, and I was uh, one of those uh, hopeless romantics that in the first game I had a, I was a female, I played a female um, in the first game, and I had a romantic relationship with Liara. And I held out in the second game and, and didn't 
have anything. You didn't. You didn't flip your picture frame over. No, no, yeah. I didn't flip the picture frame over. I, I held out, even though pretty much everybody in the ship wanted to, to bang me. And then, of course, um, not to spoil anything, but if you do hold out and you make it to um, Shadowbreaker, Shadow DLC, Liara comes onto the ship and does a little nasty. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, let's see. What did I? What did I actually do before I started like? Exploring my options. Let's see. I think I tried to work on the secretary for most of the game. And I played as a female. So I think the second thing, my course of action after that was to go after Jack. And she was like, I don't go that way. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. then I think after that it was Thane is who I went Mm -hmm. for afterwards. Like an alien lovers. Because he was mysterious and troubled. I uh, was a dude. And I... um, uh, Like courted the the human or whatever your your secretary girl yeah yeah, yeah. but only got as far as a hug and then we were, we were good with each other we were just yeah. and then she died so it doesn't even fucking matter oh, and then uh, that's so sad and uh, I couldn't do it uh, but I actually and I think I told you this I actually had the decision to make for Tally I mm-hmm. had Tally and like everybody else was just kind of like whatever Miranda never really went for it Jack and Miranda had a huge fight. And uh, I ended up siding with Miranda, and then Miranda never really went for me, and then Jack hated me for the rest of the game. I never had her loyalty. Um, but what I did, ha- I built up tallies really quickly, and it came down to where Tally literally says to you, I don't know if you guys got this, but Tally says to you, like, I'm really in- interested in you, you know, I really want to take this to the next step, but if we have sex, I'm going to die. Yeah, if I and I was this, like, if I took this <laughs> like, off, I'm dead, yeah. <laughs> like, in my brain, I hadn't finished the game yet, because I was still 100, I was trying to yeah. 100% everything, and I was like, but if I kill you, then you won't go fight with me against the cl- That's not cool. And she's actually, beyond just being, like, my love interest, she's one of my favorite people to take into battle. I take yeah. her and Grunt were, like, my favorite. Because yeah. her and uh, Rex were my favorite team in the first game. Her and Grunt were my favorite in the second. Um, so I, I was like, maybe we should just be friends. I don't want to kill you. And she was like, yeah, maybe we should. And then that was it. So I held out for Liara. I was with Liara, too, in the first game. So I'm holding out, too. I was thinking about... Based, you know, building on what you said, I think, like, I need to play the game a second time, like, post-hype, post-marketing hype, post-DLC. I mean, I can tell you that I didn't think anything about yeah. any of that stuff, and the game was mind-blowing. Because leading up to the game, remember, like, there was, like, okay, you buy you buy this version of the game, you get this DLC, you buy that version, you get right, like, well, this, you go to 7-Eleven with your Mountain Dew caps, you get yeah, yeah. armor for your guy, and then, you know, like, you knew that there was going to be, like... Like, a third of the game is going to arrive, like, via paid, you know, microtransaction, like, months after the game is released, so it's like, I felt like there was just too many hands in the cookie jar, and now that all that dust is settled, like, I yeah, feel like now I it's... I think a- you were just overthinking it, man. The game is, like, the story is top-notch, the characters are just phenomenal. I think it's a great middle chapter to yeah. the story, too, because it, yeah. it doesn't build so much that you you um, have nowhere to go but down, but it ends on a note that like, okay, uh, there's an apocalypse on oh, the horizon. Yeah. You are like the last hope of humanity, but now you have the loyalty of all the badasses that exist in the universe, yeah. and you've been building these relationships with uh, other alien cultures and races that are going to come in and save your ass in the end. Yeah. So you know you've been Here's playing the other a thing, diplomat. For and such I was a long thinking time. about this afterwards. Was that I saved the council in the first game? Yeah who were around in the second one, they weren't really effective. They didn't do a lot other than giving me permission and and naming me still Spectre. So I still had, like, free reign of everything, essentially, as a Spectre and as the Cerebus member. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I have a feeling that's going to play a lot heavier in the third game than it did in the second. Yeah. I think I second, let, I, I let you the made, council die. You just made a perfect... Uh, you just said something that, that made me realize this is totally Empire Strikes Back. I mean, it, it is like that oh, weird yeah. realm where you're just gathering your team and making this like, we're going to be awesome, you know, and then everybody survived and I'm like, I'm, you know, ready to go now, it feels like. I feel like I'm going to hit the third, that ending scene of watching all this, the Reapers come in was, I mean, just crazy. That yeah. was like, I was yeah. like, oh. You know what scene was had the biggest and like, biggest emotional impact for me um, was, and it was probably meant to, I mean, they're no dummies when they write this stuff, but when you're inside and you're, you're on the mission and you're standing up giving the speech yeah. to all your team and they're all kind of looking up at you and you're like, this is sort of the, our point of no return. Um, that to me was amazing. Your general, was, your patent speech. Yeah, your your patent speech, and it was just seeing because um, there's a lot of characters that obviously don't have a lot of interaction with each other throughout right. the course of the game. Mm-hmm. Like you don't ever see uh, Jack and Thane having a conversation. And right. You don't see Grunt and Miranda ever having a conversation. That's something I think they're going to probably fix in the next one. But um, you know, there are little side conversations that they have if you take them on, on adventures and stuff together. And there's but, and there's your conflict conversations, like yeah. Jack and Miranda, where I lost Jack because I didn't have enough Paragon. Yeah. Um, and then I had Tally and Legion. Yeah, yeah. Tally put a gun to Legion's head, and because and, he was trying to steal information and send mm-hmm. it back to his planet. And now, I, I got them both to back off. Now, still, now do you feel place. like that there were too many characters in the game? Because that was, like, a problem... Not a problem, but something that I wasn't really like. I liked the split. I mean, I really felt like because I used everybody. Um, I felt like they really did a decent job of not. I don't. I didn't feel like anybody other than maybe Zaid, who was a complete optional download character. And I liked him just because he was kind of gristled, but they didn't do much with him. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think they could because you couldn't. You didn't necessarily have to have him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he felt a little kind of thrown in, but I mean. I had four snipers, including me, and it was awesome. I had a blast with all that. Like, but I mean, as far as like the story goes, like I felt like, how can you, you know, like how do you get to know everybody when there's like a bunch of people? But I mean, to me, that's that's how it would be. I mean, you're not going to take a crew of three people to go fight to save the galaxy. You're going to gather the most badasses you can, yeah, and go fight that fight. Well, see, I think that's a really good point. Like, you know, you you felt like there wasn't enough individual character development, but you know. There have been very few games where you have a team at all, like in that sort of setting, where you actually have a, a mission to go get them, and then a mission to you know to get to gain their loyalty. So you're forced to spend you know at least two, maybe two hours with mm-hmm. each character, and then whoever you bring with you on the missions, they'll all talk to you during the missions too. Oh, yeah, so yeah. it's like you know you said you didn't really care for Zaid, but on my first playthrough. I only had him with me. Really? And even though he was an optional download character, he talks throughout everybody else's mission, always has little shitty things to say, yeah. and he's a total asshole. And I loved him, and he was tough as nails. I knew you were going to love him, though, because he's that grizzled old guy. He is. I always He's completely him. that like grizzled, just like, wow, fuck everybody. Yeah, old yeah, guy. yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. the characters talk to each other in this game? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah they do. It's yeah, actually Ilium, least... on Ilium they talk to each other. Like that's excellent. That's a Bioware like staple, and I think that's excellent. They did that in I think they did that in Kotor too. Like yeah. if you bring two certain characters together, you'll just be like walking through the desert or Tatooine. All of a sudden, they'll just, just start strike up like a conversation amongst one another, and you just kind of turn around. And you're like, 
that's awesome. Yeah, you know? yeah it is. Because it, it has is. nothing to do with you, but they're just kind of like, your party is actually real people yeah, yeah. like hanging out with you. I think it was more talking points on this one. I think you had to initiate the conversation, but mm-hmm. they would talk to each other like... You'd walk somewhere in Ilium, and the square would show up. You hit A, and Tally would be like, "Man, this place is crazy." And then like Zaid'd be like, "You mean you've never seen anything like this before?" And she's yeah. like, "Oh, I lived on a ship." And like they're just like bantering behind you while you're yeah. walking down the street. And know? there's a few throwbacks if you bring like Garrus and Tally together. Yeah. Um, they'll talk about you know, stuff from the first game because that's awesome. I think the emotional points for me, the first one was Garrus. That was like, oh yeah, because it's the first time you see one of your ex party members, and you're like, oh, I love it. You know, like yeah, you're so yeah. awesome. Um, and I thought that was going to be my high point, and then when I saw Rex, that was easily, like, my heart jumped. I was like, oh, Rex, like, yeah, my buddy, like, and, and the way that they played that whole thing out, based on how you played through the first game, yeah, yeah. uh, the way they played that whole thing out was just, was just awesome, and, like, felt great, and I felt like, that's my friend, and then when he was like, oh, I'll take your, your guy, and he can be part of my clan, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, awesome, and, and then did that mission, which was incredible, that mission was so much fun, and, like... I don't know, I just, that stuff just no, no, blew me away. I, I, I never Rex, felt like that during a game. Yeah, the Rex scene for me had a, a major emotional impact, because I remember... That uh, was one of the biggest tear-ups in the first game, was yeah, that yeah. Rex's scene. Well, mm-hmm. I, in the first game, I fucked up, and yeah. I didn't have, I don't think my Paragon was high yeah. enough to save him, and I had to go back, like, hours and hours and hours and hours, because I'm like, there's no fucking way, even though I didn't know it was going to have any repercussions in the next game, I'm like, this guy's not dying yeah, yeah. in my first yeah, game. Yeah. So I went back and replayed, like, a large portion of the first game, saved Rex, and so in the second game, when he's like, Shepard, and you're just like, oh shit, you yeah, know, yeah. like, and... It, and then hearing his story about he how he became clan leader doing, and everything, yeah. and you're like, I'm really glad I saved this yeah. dude. Yeah. And you know he's going to be on your team in the third game. Oh, of it's course. Gonna be- or, or he's either going to be on your team, or his clan is going to play into that story. Like his, because he's essentially amassing um, all of the uh, Krogan, of, all of the Krogan. Yeah. And I feel like you're going to have this fucking crazy Krogan army led by your best friend. Yeah. To fight next to you, you know, and do things with you. I think they're going to do so much more with the races in the third one than they did in the second. Because there was so much strife with the races in the first one. Mm-hmm. It was all about how you were like an alien, you were a human, you were like no one liked you, no one wanted to have anything to do with you. And you kind of proved yourself. And then it was like the second one, they kind of laid off the races entirely other than human. And it was just like, man, the humans are so important and you're really building this team and you're, you know, you got to get everybody together and, you know, I don't know. It, the other scene, there were so many emotional scenes. One of the other scenes that uh, caught me off guard because he was—he, I talked to him a bunch, but I was never hugely like uh, a fan of him. Was when you go and uh, check out the wreckage of the old ship, and you're you're like picking up people's dog tags. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. When you pick up the um, the uh, the EXO, yeah, EXO Presley has of EXO Presley, yeah. and when he talks about when you read his pieces and like by the end of it he's just like you know I started out hating all other aliens and I thought it was horrible and he was like you know Shepard really showed me that like people can get along and aliens can be a great team and these guys have been invaluable to us and it's so awesome and I just was like oh man and he died in such a horrible way too yeah like I don't know the game I think had a lot of great emotional points and it just more so than I've ever played another game and felt that and I you know the fallouts and all the other games that I love just never hit like this did yeah, that was the hardest part about playing New Vegas after playing Mass Effect is the the jump in storytelling yeah like, to me um, Mass Effect 2 was it's 
the, the new frontier for video games. It, it really is. It, it's the bar that has to, you know, it's going to be very hard to surpass because just the use of camera angles, mm-hmm. like when you have a conversation with somebody, the camera's popping around and yeah. shifting and like, you have those great Miranda ass shots. Yeah. There's like a nice over the shoulder shot and the lighting. Actually, I've noticed they show you more ass shots of whoever you're interested in. Do they? Yeah, like I started getting tons of tally, like really? full body walking from behind shots, and I was like, this is so weird. Like, they, I don't think it usually happens because I didn't get it with anyone else in the team, you know? I think they kind of force that in there, like, hey, you're doing well with this girl right now. Take a look at her. I, I listened to. Um uh, an old, old, old uh, Giant Bomb does a pop- yeah. podcast yeah, they're great. And they did a, um, a podcast With members of the Bioware team And they were talking about um, How they actually already Have Tally unmasked Like on their computer yeah. files And they know what she looks like And Whoa, yeah, yeah it's, it's out there It's out there I'd fight like, somebody to see that <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, going to be interesting Definitely in the third game But hopefully it's not in a dramatic like like she's, Vader, dead, like she's dying. Yeah. yeah, that would be. That sad. would yeah. be. I would probably shed a tear. So you gotta go back and play it. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's your. You gotta drop some preconceptions. I do. I do have a real. I do have like a plan for a real life of Shepard Mass Effect playthrough, and I like think one through three. One through three, and I think it goes like this. This is what I got so far. I think I would play the first game. Was there DLC for the first one? Yeah, yeah. There, there were two. There was like a there was a battle arena. Which was, I think, Pinnacle Station, and then there was uh, there was one where you go to like a planet, which was actually really well done. There was a a mission that took place on a planet surface where you use the Mako to drive, but you actually completed like a real mission, like an actual series of missions on a planet, and not just like hmm. oh, go into this bunker and shoot these five guys. Yeah, yeah. There were like things to do on the planet surface, and then you went into the bunker and fought, and that yeah. was actually really fun. Yeah, I played that one. But this this playthrough, I think, for the to get ready for the third game, I think I'm gonna do like maybe the life of a real person, where it's like maybe in the first game I'll be like Paragon and everything's awesome, you know, and then uh, you know I maybe I'd have a relationship with uh, Ashley, but then I would let her die, you know, for whatever like <laughs> imagining like some weird emotional reason for doing. Don't listen that. to this, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like like he had to make a tough decision, and then in the second game he's kind of bitter and jaded, and maybe go that second game. That's good. More, so you'll do Jack in the second one, then. Yeah, more renegade. And <laughs> like maybe your life is shitty, and you still know what to do, and maybe like maybe towards the end you find a little redemption in like Tally or something like that. But you play that game mostly like troubled. Yeah. You know, and maybe you're not super Paragon or super renegade. You're just making decisions because yeah. like you were dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're basically brought back from the dead. You don't like you're working for somebody you don't like. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like you, the places that you remember are gone. You know, like you, this life of the Citadel and hanging out with like the 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 council and the and the guy that you liked from the you know that used to run your ship or whatever. Like, yeah. and then maybe like in the third game you kind of find your redemption again. Like, and so instead of making the game about like interplanetary battle, you make the game about the character Shepard and like yeah. kind of like make them make that character struggle through like. See, into the third game I think that would be A fun playthrough oh, yeah. and, and Like Not having to worry about Like you know Points and achievements And saving characters And like Whoever dies in that Final mission Like Whatever yeah. Like tough decisions And then like You redeem In the third yeah. game See I, I play That's kind of how I play mm-hmm. Like not necessarily As the, I play Shepard As if I am Shepard Yeah And the thing with me Is I am not perfectly Paragon And I'm not perfectly yeah. Renegade 
And that leads into probably my only real gripe with the game is that if you play it like that, you lose... The game doesn't reward you for being No! You can't do... Like, you lose... Like, that's why Jack and Randa hate each other. And I'm not friends with Jack because I was in the middle at that point and I didn't get either option as opposed to being in the middle and then having some kind of, like... Like, I don't know. I'm not saying it should even happen every time. It just seems like they're just like, oh, you middle-of-the-roaded it. Sorry. Yeah, you, like, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have middle of the road. And you should have. You should have been extreme on one side or the other. And it's like, but no one's extreme on one side. Well, I mean, people are, but they're like yeah. megalomaniacs, yeah. you know. Like, mm-hmm. who, who would have won that fight anyway? Jack and Miranda inside Jack. the ship. Jack probably. Jack. Oh, easy. Because she's crazy. She's nuts. She's pretty damn powerful. Um, Good stuff. All right. Well, so maybe the third game will have. Blasto, you know the what? First the, third Hanar, one? the first Hanar Spectre. I want a third to let me uh, shoot the elusive man in the face. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, and yeah. I think I'm going to get to. So it really doesn't matter. But there's going to be there's going to be some conflict. I can't there. wait to. Uh, it's going to be a while, but I'm going to take a week off of work and yeah, and call in plagues. And what did you say? 2012 is what they're saying. Probably 2012. 2012. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, they haven't announced anything, so I highly doubt it's coming. I know out, they're but. working on it. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, I know they're at this point, on. the way games work, they would have already previewed it somehow as yeah. being coming out next year. Please don't let there be a multiplayer component. Just make it, leave it as I don't a single. Think they will, I man, swear to God, EA, if you can hear this podcast. <laughs> Don't fuck us with DLC and mindless multiplayer. We don't want it. We just want Bioware to make a good game. Take your hands out of the cookie jar, please. <laughs> I don't think EA's got the power, man. I think Bioware owns this one. Well, I just I just had to I had to get that off my chest. No, I totally agree. Alright, well good spoiler talk. I think right. the next plan spoiler talk, uh, at least the one that I want to do, is uh, is possibly Red Dead. So we'll see. We'll we'll talk about this later and then uh, We'll do one maybe next time or maybe not. All right. Today, we are going to do some review talk, and we have two highly anticipated things to talk about that me, because of my moving issues and things like that, have not done much of either, well, none of one of them, and only a slight bit of the other, Um, so I'm just going to sit back and listen to the first one. We've got Ash with the new Call of Duty, and Scott, who bought a Kinect, so... Ash, let's start it off with uh, Black Ops. Uh, I'll start off by saying I had zero intention of actually buying Black Ops. I've actually, um, I've always been more of a Battlefield guy. Uh, I grew up playing Battlefield, and I remember thinking uh, when Battlefield 1942 was out and Call of Duty were out, I remember thinking that Call of Duty was a far inferior um, product, and I thought it was kind of cheesy. I was like, okay, well, you know, it just didn't really appeal to me. Well, as time progressed, um, I have purchased all of the Call of Duty games. <laughs> I literally have all of them. Uh, 
I, I love the franchise. I never became a highly competitive Call of Duty player. Like, I you know, I would rank all the way up, but I would never prestige or anything like that. Um, so, when I saw that Black Ops was being made by Treyarch, I kind of shrugged a little bit and said, "No, they did eh. this, the one after Modern Warfare, right? They did World at War. World at War. They're, they're like they, they used to do like every other, right? Like that's kind of where they got. Yeah, and, and the thing that about Treyarch, um, for those that don't follow all the politics behind it and everything, I don't want to get too into it because it's painful. But uh, they're always sort of the B team, and um, they would sort of piggyback on what Infinity Ward was doing." And, um, you know, sort of modify the technology that Infinity Ward was using and kind of, like, use some of the same ideas that they had. This is certainly not an isolated... No, it's definitely this, not. This doesn't know. occur just here as well, in yeah. this franchise alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so, uh, with Treyarch making uh, Black Ops, I wasn't going to get it at all, and I didn't reserve it, and I didn't even think about buying it. And then reviews started flooding in, and a couple reviewers that... I hold in high regard. They say that you know this is the best of the Call of Duty games. Has the best single player. Has the best multiplayer. And they went as far as saying that uh, Modern Warfare Two feels like a beta test for wow. the multiplayer of Black Ops. And my jaw kind of hung open. And this isn't just like some schmucky reviewer. This is somebody who does very good reviews. So I was like, okay, well, I'll wait and see what my legion of 15-year-olds have to say about this. Because I I teach high school, and I would say a good 30 of my 150 students got Black Ops on launch night. Did they call out? I mean, did they skip the next day? A lot of them did. A lot of them played played all night and skipped the next day, which was awesome, because it meant I didn't have to deal with them. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, anyway, so... I hear from them that it is phenomenal, and I don't hear any negative things. And they're, you know, 15-year-old kids are the harshest critics in the world. I mean, the first thing out of their mouth is how how bad things suck. They just love to tell you how bad things suck. It's that jaded point in your life. It is, oh yeah. Or you just hate everything. Everything everything fucking sucks, except for Black Ops right now. So they all (laughs) love Black Ops. So I, I, on my way home from work, I grabbed it from Target. Um... And I, with all these games, I only play the single player first, and then I move on to multiplayer and the extra modes and things like that. That's just how I always do these games. So I'm, um, I want to say probably nine tenths of the way through a single player. I wanted to beat it before this podcast, but I couldn't, I couldn't get through it in time. Um, but I have to say, I'm very, very impressed with it graphically. It's the best by far of any of the games. Like, uh, World at War was a step backwards in terms of graphics compared to Modern Warfare, but um, Black Ops is definitely a step forward. The guns feel awesome. The story is crazy. It's, um, it feels long. Like, I feel like I've been playing it, I don't know, at least six, seven hours, so it's not a a short, short campaign like some of these games have been. Um... Uh, it's violent as all hell. It's the most violent of any first-person shooter I think I've ever played. I heard something weird that you, other than when you get shot, you don't actually see any blood in the game. That's not true. Okay. Yeah. Um, I might have heard it wrong. Then. There, there's a scene. This is just an example where you are in Vietnam. And it jumps through time a lot, which I'll explain in just oh, so a you're second. You're not just in. I heard you were just in Vietnam. No, you you play. Um, there's actually some World War II stuff. Huh. There's um, Vietnam, there's uh, K-1, 
Cuban Missile Crisis. Wow. Yeah, it, it jumps around a lot. Like Bay of Pigs? Like, yes. Wow. Bay of Pigs. So, um, the scene I want to talk about that I, I literally kind of was like, oh man, that's too much. You uh, are diving underwater with one of your friends in Vietnam, and there's someone who looks to be about the age of 16, uh, a VC soldier who's about 16 on a little raft, and uh, you have to swim up to the raft and pull him off the raft and slit his throat. <clears throat> so, it, you know, that's you do that a lot in these first-person shooter games. But this time you pull him down into the water, you see the look on his face, you jab your knife into his throat and kind of do a little twisty job and drag it so you almost decapitate this, this kid. Oh, my God. And then... He kind of looks up at you with this, like, twisted, like, you just fucking cut my head off face. And then he floats away, and you're like, ooh, fuck. And you do that, like, five more times to the level. You're just kind of, like, crawling around, you know, the jungles of Vietnam, cutting people's heads off. Wow. And it's it's fucked up, but it is awesome (laughs) (laughs) at the same time. Um, there's dismemberment like crazy. You get, like, at one point in the game, you get an explosive shotgun, and, like, every time you shoot it, somebody just goes, you know, to bits and now, pieces. Uh, and I know this is this is going on very heavily. It's news that we actually didn't talk about in the yeah. section. There's there's a gigantic debate going on in the Supreme Court right now yeah. on violent video games and what they do. I think it's total bullshit. And, yeah, yeah. And, like, I don't think they really affect people in that way, you know, any yeah. more than, a, than any other violence would in the country. But at what point, and this is where I think you personally just draw the line, because this shit's real. I mean, this shit happened in yeah, Vietnam. Yeah. Like, it's not like they're making up cartoony stories about how you're walking around and cutting people's heads off. Like, this is really, this was like fight or die kind of stuff, and this is what black ops people actually did in Vietnam. Yeah. Like, at what point is it just like, are you are you just living out the a horrible life that somebody had oh, to it's, live? It's definitely, I got carded for this game. Okay, yeah, I, well, I, mean, I hope so. But. Yeah, I got carded for this game, and um, I, it is definitely a game that my 15-year-old student should not be playing. It's like, uh, at least the single player, way too violent. There's interrogation scenes where people get their brains smashed in That's with a, yeah. lead pipes, and it it shows the head cave in, and yeah. it's... It's getting to the point where the graphics are so good they're practically photorealistic. Yeah. So it's not like cartoony, like head, you know, yeah. head with a pipe. It's like, oh, that's fucking horrible, you know. Uh, but to get off the violence, the gameplay is great. The story, like I said, jumps through time a lot. Uh, characters are well acted. Sam Worthington does a character. Oh, really? He does the main voice. Um, and it, I'm I'm loving the single player. Um, next podcast, voice. I'll tell you about multiplayer. Tell you how I feel about that. But I, I think what we should do <coughs> is I think because I played Medal of Honor, and I kind of not to go off on the. I heard that was the inferior one of, of all these games that have come out. That one was kind of like, eh, like it was good, see, but it wasn't great. See, I guess this is where we deviate because I really had an emotional reaction to the single player of Medal of Honor because, um, unlike. Uh, Call of Duty 4, which I think was the first Modern Warfare, like, I think that story was, like, not really specific to anything. Like, it was sort of implied, like, you know, like, this might be a Middle Eastern country, but it's not... The we're first not named, Modern Warfare? Yeah. Like, they're not naming yeah, it was real kind places. Of like, yeah, yeah, you weren't, It's, like, like fakey kind of places, yeah, and, like, yeah. fakey things were happening, but, like, uh, the Medal of Honor, the newest one, is, like, it's very real. Like, it's, like, you know, like, there are Rangers, there are Special Ops guys, and these are the Taliban. And they yeah. say it in the game, they're like, yeah, yeah. we're going to go to this Taliban camp, and we're going to go, like, kill all these dudes, and we're going to go to the next Taliban camp, like, in the middle of the night, we're going to kill all these dudes, 
and then we're going to drive to the next camp, and we're going to destroy an ammo depot. So, I guess what makes, and just to really do a quick compare and contrast, what makes Medal of Honor different is that it's like not necessarily ultra-violent, but it feels very real, and I think maybe that's why people say it's an inferior game, because not every moment of that of those people's lives are violent. Sometimes you're just crawling around, sneaking up on dudes, stabbing them in the back, and then getting on your ATV and driving to the next camp to complete an objective. Yeah. But I thought the game, like, the single player was executed, like, it didn't try to go beyond itself. You know what I mean? So I feel like maybe what we should do is, like, I should play the Black Ops single player, and then, like, you could play the Medal of Honor single yeah. player, and then we can kind of sure. do, like, a back and forth, because, like, I haven't played Black Ops, I don't think you've played Medal of Honor. Mm-mm. So it's like, we have two different perspectives, but I really I, liked Medal of Honor. I just like in these games, too, and this is old news, but, like, back in, like, 2003, probably, or two, when the guy who was captured in Iraq... Uh, had his head cut off online, like live online. Dan Burke, yeah, and and people like f- flooded to watch this video, and like I started watching. I think I watched like fifteen seconds of it, and I just turned it off. And I was like, I don't want to be part of this. Like this is not what. And I feel like, are we getting near that kind of like we're just watching soldiers kill people now virtually you know like yeah I made the mistake of watching that it's horrifying like I watched 10 seconds he started to scream when they start and I was like done and like turned the video off I was like I do not need to watch this that haunted me for a good number of years because it was absolutely horrible horrible and like that like I used to be like when I was a younger kid, like, my friends and I would, we'd, like, rent Faces, Faces of, of Death. death. Yeah, yeah, And it was so cool, and, like, that moment when I watched that video, death wasn't cool anymore. No. Like, it, it made me... That's why it's weird, like, uh, like our, like, culture's fascination with, like... Violence. War. Like, no, I mean, I not just violence, yeah. but, like, things that are happening, like, right now. Yeah. You know, and it's, like... Uh, I don't know. Th- it's a weird. It's really. I weird. guess that's why. I guess that's why these games weird me out, and that's why. Like, I played Modern Warfare one and liked it. I mean, I'm not faulting these games. Are awesome. I mean, they're great games. They're, as far as games go, yeah, they're yeah. made. Su- they're like superior made games. There's plenty of games in this genre that are horrible and made poorly. Yes. And like, I think for that, their their message of what they're doing is even worse. And. And I'm not faulting the studios. I think they're making brilliant games. I, I guess just, we're just talking about the subject. Yeah, I just don't point. know when you're when you're just playing a war sim at some point, and it's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm I've just never been of that mind. Maybe maybe that's what I'm looking. What I was actually trying to say is that like maybe maybe if Black Ops is like ultra kind of almost ultra violent, like Medal of Honor is more like a sim, so it's not necessarily like constant like pick up the big weapons and, and blow the bad guys away. Mm-hmm. And may, maybe we'll find out that's where the difference is between the two. Yeah, I like, I like Yeah, that. Well, it'd be interesting, so. But overall, I mean, A-plus title, got yeah, played yeah, kind of yeah. No, I'm agreeing with the reviews right now. Um, I haven't touched multiplayer, like I said, but when I do, I will talk about it. And I'm sure this topic of, of realism and violence and war will come up in future yeah. podcasts, so we'll just... Well, I think we're going to be waiting for that Supreme Court decision. We'll probably bring it up and talk about it again, so... Right now, it's almost comical how it's going. It's it's humorous to, to watch and read the uh, the transcripts of what's happening inside of the court because it's, it's ludicrous how 
poorly these people know about what's really going on in video. Like, the scenes you're talking about in this very real, very recent game are, like, nowhere near the conversation that they're uh, talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's Postal 2. They're like, when Sub-Zero pulls the heart out it, of it. Almost, it honestly almost is. That Mortal Kombat was a point of, of talk. Of the yeah, I thing. remember hearing about They that. brought up Mortal Kombat and asked if that was considered a violent game. Uh, you know, whatever. I, I think it's a lot of bands standing right now to, to try to get a a topic out and get a guy's name a little bit bigger in the paper. So, speaking of ultraviolence, Scott bought a Connect. Yeah, we. How could, violent have you been with I, it I so don't think far? We could, I don't think we can 180. I, I any think harder we should say we're we, about to 180 we right did, now. We did uh, talk about the Connect in the last episode. We brought it up because you had already pe- purchased it and used it very little. You set it up and like waved at it. Yeah, I think last time we talked, I had enough time just to speak to it and use the UI. We we have we can talk obviously a lot more about it because. All three of us actually got to get in front of the Kinect, uh, and two of us used it. Two of us used it. One of us was sick still when it was going on, who I made fun of not knowing he was still sick. I was like, what are you being a jackass for? Get up and use the freaking Kinect. had a fever. It was like vomiting blood. And then finally he's like, I'm still sick from yesterday. I was like, oh, Jesus, sorry. Like You should have just said that. I wouldn't have bothered you. I slept through the bulk of that yeah, yeah. which I felt bad about. So, uh, so the Kinect, Scott, I think you should definitely kick it off because you've probably played Adventures at this point. Right? Yeah, let's see. So You've used got, it for your interface. Yeah, I, we've got... Let's see, we've got the Connect. I've used the new UI. Uh, I've played... The new UI is brilliant. Yeah, that's that's cool. I've used... Um, we played some Connect Adventures, and then we also played some Dance Central. Right. So I haven't really done too much Dance Central beyond what we did at the party. Right. Um, but I felt like that was... I mean, okay, we were in a party situation, so that was super fun just for that yeah, reason yeah. alone. I don't, I don't know what kind of mileage I'm going to get out of a game like that, like, going forward. So Your that's, wife's going to get some mileage out of it. Oh, yeah, game. she fucking ruled at it. Good and lord. Then, for, somebody, for somebody that, like... Or not your wife yet, sorry. Well, I don't what, know if you no, four months in the future. No, you can do that, it's fine. Uh, what, what's kind of amazing to me is that she doesn't play. Yeah. She doesn't watch, you know, like, I know, like, like your, your wife plays and, like... You're, I mean, she, she does. She Melissa does. does. No, I mean Melissa does her best. Chrissy plays. Chrissy, Chrissy. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Chrissy plays, and Melissa uh, enjoys watching. Yeah. Uh, and Jen is neither. Like she'll like walk in front of the TV, even with something like that's kind of fun and cool, like Brutal Legend. She'll walk in front of the TV here. Jack- I bought Brutal Legend for twelve bucks at Target. Oh yeah, I'm playing it right now. Yeah. Um, but she'll walk in front of the TV, hear Jack Black's voice, and then just like not no interest whatsoever. But she saw Dance Central, got in front of the TV. Didn't read the instructions. Has no yeah. prior game experience and just fucking ruled so, it. Ruled so it when I looked at Ash, when I looked at sickly Ash and said during the party that was most amazing to me was eight people who had never played a game like this before in their lives, never used the Connect up to this point, like barely probably even knew what the Connect was, let alone yeah. that it was there and where it was, got up and played this game with no difficulty. Yeah. I mean, we were all playing as if we'd all been playing Dance Central for a year at that point. I mean, it was it was mind blowing for me to watch people just get up, walk in, and do stuff, and like laugh, have fun, and then go sit down. Like, oh yeah, we just totally played a video game. And I'm like, if this was a controller or even a even the Wii or something, which is relatively yeah. easy to use, there's still that like you have to do this and then you do this. Well, you got to push that this. button. Yeah, you, you got to do this at this right time, and you got to make sure yeah. you do this over here. And like connect was that gone. You just stand up and you start dancing or jumping or whatever you got to do, and 
it, I don't know. And then also, we should say, uh, like, I think Trong and, and Jen were dancing. Scott walks into the scene in the background. He's, like, in the very back of the connect. And the connect literally goes, hey, you's at the, you's, or, uh, yeah, hey, yeah. Scott. And then, like, you know, your thing comes up in the top corner, like, Scott's in the yeah, picture. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw that. You might have been sleeping. But, was, yeah, I might have been sleeping. But just, just for the audience, there were there were two people in the in the actual camera focus dancing, playing Dance Central, like, two-player, and I walked through the background, like, yeah. behind the couch, and I kind of turned and looked at the TV for a second to see what was going on, and it picked out my face. Picked out his face. And like, it was hello. like, hey, I we see that you're there. Like, it, it pops up a little. Yeah. The Chiron pops up, and it says your gamer tag. You're recognized. Wow. Yeah. And so I walked through the TV view, and it's like, hey, you're recognized. And yeah. then I walked out, and, like, that was it. Crazy. So, like, it was at least tracking three people, at, you know, at a certain point. That that was kind of mind-blowing, too. But. That's really cool. You know, we don't own the move, and this is, I don't think we can, I, honestly, I think the old discussions of Connect versus Move, Connect versus We don't even apply. I'll tell you what, I had, I had just real quick, I had a couple of minutes uh, at the mall the other day to go into a Sony store and look at uh, 3D TV, um, Connect, and then, like, I guess I could have played 3D Connect as well. Connect or move. Or, I'm sorry, 3D... 3D like, yeah. they're, they're advertising no, Xbox? I'm sorry. Actually, Black Ops is, is 3D somehow yeah. with the Xbox if you have a TV. But, yeah, yeah. Um, the, okay, so they, the Sony store had 3D TV, move, and then move with 3D as well. And I felt like all of it was extremely underwhelming. And I tried, yeah. I tried a, a game where the move had like a gun attachment, and it was really laggy and didn't work that well, and I had the 3D glasses on. I've 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 heard in other reviews because we haven't played the driving game or and there there's a gun or a boxing game out that Ryan got and he played and he was talking to me about it. I've heard that the driving game is a little weird because you don't have a wheel and you, you have to have you your can't hands hold anything right. At, yeah, you have to have your hands at perfect ten and two. And what they're saying is that um, if you pick up like your Wii steering wheel or something. It actually bugs the the camera out, and it no longer picks up where your hands. Yeah, are. I've heard you can't. So it's having some issues with those peripherals. You can't hold anything, which is interesting things. because I think what we all thought was like, oh well, when the Star Wars games comes out, we just pick up a broom handle and start swinging it around. You and may not be able to do like that. It seems like you're not going to be able to yeah. do that. Um, but that's which, probably, by the way, Star Wars game coming out next year. Next year, but that's probably safer. <laughs> you know, the well, grand, yeah, yeah, I mean, the of things. But that's um, true. Although there's been tons of video out of, of uh, goofy nerds falling into their TVs just due to the connect already. Well, I mean. But um, that's what I heard was the guy who volleyball spiked his yeah. uh, his fan through the TV. <laughs> I mean, like I mean, <laughs> the same stuff happened with like the Wii Fit. It's like well, all, yeah, all, all of a sudden you controllers. get these people up off the couch and it's like be mobile. No, you well, know? I just feel like the discussion. What I was saying is, I feel like the discussion is not connect versus these other things. It's, I feel like no, it's, it's like not. move versus Wii, and then Connect just came out of blue and is doing this ridiculous thing. It's, you know, this it's is, selling out too, so it's it, actually yeah. moving units. Which this is, is good. This is a, yeah, this is a really a different like realm of yeah. experience like different from the Wii yeah. and the move for and sure. And then we also stuck around uh, after the party. Melissa and I were still there for a while and I had Melissa messing with the controls to, to control the screens and doing the voice command and all that. For the stuff. first time. First time and I'm flawless, just using it like there was no problems and really? and voice control anyone anyone in the room. It requires can sit down like and no saying Xbox and it, it's hello. What do you need? You know, uh, and just that that level of control, even with the little bit of lagginess that you'd see, which is mostly yeah. just so they can be sure that what you're doing is what you're trying to do. I don't think it's yeah. because it can't tell that you're there. It's just that like 
they don't want you buying things that you aren't trying to buy. You have to hold your hand over something to confirm a selection for like yeah. three seconds to. Oh, okay. Like but a even tile. Then, even then, like holding your hand over a tile, like when I'm playing with the Wii and you're like, "Hey, you got to select that thing." It's always like this, like weird, like and it's shaky as crap, yeah. and I'm like, "Get it into that corner and hit the button." And this one was like, "Oh yeah, your hand just goes there. Oh yeah, yeah. your hand just goes here." And like. Recognized, no problem. Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I I was definitely the biggest skeptic because, you know, we talked about it. I was an early adopter of a power glove. <laughs> yeah. th- thanks to uh, Fred Savage in the movie Wizard. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And Jenny Lewis, by the way. And Jenny Lewis, yeah. yes, and her Watson twins. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, hey But, yeah, so I, I've always had kind of a love-hate relationship with peripherals at all because... I, like, when I was a kid, I had all this Nintendo crap, and 90% of it was honestly a waste of plastic. Oh, yeah, man, I got a, I got a power pad and a, yeah, know, yeah, a zapper, yeah. and I got Rob, you know? I didn't have Rob. Yeah. Well, he's, <laughs> he's awesome. I think also, because when this first got announced at E3, and the move got announced um, later, and then the pricing came out, everybody was freaking out, because they were like, who's going to want to buy a $150 camera? And I was like... Because they were all like, well, the move's cheaper, the move's cheaper. And I'm like, one set of the move, you know, the dildo and the nunchuck are cheaper <laughs> than the camera that you're buying with Connect. But the moment you need four people to do something at the same time with the move, Everybody it's needs $300 it. so you can purchase all that shit. Like, yeah. it's not cheap. The Connect is, eight of us all played it with a $150 purchase. And it's jump in, like, jump in, jump out. So you I think that the battery that price packs, thing, all the chargers. Yeah, yeah, that price thing was like I, I never understood that argument. And I think that's coming to light now. It's like, oh wow, you buy one thing. There are space issues, huge space issues oh, yeah. from what we've seen. You need like ten feet, six to ten feet. Maybe yeah, six is the middle. It's seeming like there's there's tons of issues with that. But I mounted know. I mounted the connect above the TV just to see. Like I I think that that shortens the requirement, but I, I really because it. Basically, is shooting, shooting a ring downwards. Yeah, yeah so I'm really they, not sure. Though. The issue is not that the issue is not that it can't get your full body in; it's that it can't get your feet in. Mm-hmm. Is what it seemingly is. It's like the reason you need to be back is not because your head doesn't fit in the screen or anything like that. It's getting like your whole freaking room. Mm-hmm. It just can't get low enough to get your feet if you're too close. Mm-hmm. You got to stand back a little bit. So I, I guess I, I can say one big thing that is like not necessarily positive, but not. It's understandable why it's like this, but. Uh, right now, the way that the UI is is laid out, like you have to go to a separate UI on the Xbox dashboard for Connect. Right. And so, what the problem is, is that there's like not everything that is accessible through the normal dashboard is accessible through the Connect Hub, and that's kind of a. I mean, I don't know that it's a problem, but it's like you know sometimes you're like now now there's two interface like there's two dashboards almost. So it's like oh well you know can I can I do ESPN on the Connect Hub, or can I do Facebook on the Connect Hub, or do I have to go back to the normal dashboard and grab uh, a controller? So I've run into that a little bit. Yeah. You know, but, like, I mean, because sometimes I just like to hang out in the dashboard and look at stuff, and I, I would almost prefer that they figure out a way to just be able to use... Like, just enable... Like, just, oh, you're Connect. So yeah, it's like, hey, you have a Connect, you can navigate the normal dashboard, and if you need a controller, we'll just let you know. You know, right. like, that would be great. Yeah. Um, and then I feel like long term the real and I hate this phrase but the real test of of what's going to ultimately happen with this connect is like the killer app you know like yeah I mean they need well they need here's the thing like you said it's blowing out sales which right. is good 
Because what's going to happen is the developers will jump on board and start making games for it. Right. If it had sold 10 units, the developers would have been like, fuck it, I'm not making a game where right. only 10 people are going to buy it. So hopefully, and what I hope happens uh, is that, you know, Treyarch doesn't go to make the next Call of Duty and says, like, let's make Call of Duty and then let's just ram to you connect yeah. in there somehow. No, there, like, there needs to be a new game. What I want, what I, what I, after playing with it a little bit, what I would love to see is, is just hybrid gaming where I can sit with my control do voice commands, you know, maybe throw up a little minority report kind of stuff on occasion when it, like, if it comes up. I think that kind of stuff would be would be amazing to me, to be able to... Don't make me play Connect by itself. I mean, yeah, do that. Like, yeah. make good games for the Connect, but give me the game where, uh, when I'm playing Mass Effect, that I can actually start commanding That's my what ship. I was going to say. Do you want to see optional Connect functionality in Mass Effect 3? I would love it. He yeah. was saying, navigating the star map with your hands? Oh, yeah, that good would be Lord. spectacular. Awesome. Yeah, that would be great. So, or like you even said, like, Grunt, take cover. Grunt, take cover. Or you know, advance. tally, go left. Like, yeah. that's that kind of stuff would be would be awesome to me, and that's what I would love to see with this tool. Yeah, like, Miranda, take your pants off. <laughs> I've also heard, which we're not now that I have to fix my damn car, it might be a little longer. But I've also heard that we'll have to test that once I get the connect. Um, that video is flawless. Oh, Ryan, that video one. talking. The next did day, did you do it? Did you talk? We to We didn't him do it day? yet, but Ryan, Ryan, yeah, he went down the next day. Yeah, he called me. He's like, "We bought a connect." <laughs> like, it's okay. But I've heard, I've heard the video chat is like super flawless. Like, not even like jokingly flawless. That it's so you the, can walk around the room and yeah. it'll follow you. Like the, you camera, the camera has a little motor in it. Yeah. Like, when yeah. you first turn a unit on, it kind of like scans a room. Well, the lenses are moved too. Oh, really? Maybe that's sure it is. Because yeah. they'll go left, right. Because the whole base like looked down at the carpet. Like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't move the camera. It tilted down on yeah. its own. No, I think they the lenses themselves can shift left, right. Because it can actually like, if you stand <clears> up and walk, they've showed it where the camera like We'll pan up with your face. So Does anyone um, remember a film called Robocop? <laughs> yes. Do you remember Ed 209? No. Ed 209 is the robot that, that works for the corporation, and he kind of goes haywire, and he guns down. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he had facial recognition software that kind of freaks me out because it's getting to the point where this technology this exists. absolutely exists, where it knows, like, the Kinect knows people. It can tell Scott... From Matt, it can tell Matt yeah. from Melissa. Yeah. It can tell you know our tones of voice. It can do all sorts of things like that. So it makes me wonder, and this is totally off topic, but what sort of military application? Oh yeah, let's not uh, yeah. to connect on a UGV and send it. That's into what I'm saying. Because yeah. if it can, if you program it with a face of like you know like, everybody on a team, and it tell it to kill everybody that's not that face. That thing is that that could very well happen. And yeah. that might be a discussion for another day. With my, already with my background, yeah. We we watched um, the speech that I can't remember the guy's name. He's basically the guy who came up with the algorithm to do face detection, and he was talking uh, about like how face detection works and why it works, and it was it was like truly mind blowing. I know I use that statement a lot, but it was it was truly mind blowing to listen to this relative genius talk about. How basically how how it it does math. Um, so one of the things that's unique about faces is where your eyes to your nose to the corners of your mouth lay out. So it can make a grid and figure out the math between your eyes to your nose to your mouth and the shape of your head and all that kind of stuff. Which is why if you get a haircut, you're not going to be no longer recognized. Or if you shave your beard, Connect's not going to give a shit because it's not looking at that. It's actually doing math on your face. Oh, that's interesting. To figure out what's going on. Yeah, so it's like corners of your nose to yeah. your eyes to your corners of your mouth to distance between your eyes to your mouth. 
the stuff that's going on in there is, is insane. And the fact that, I think what killed me about when you walked in and it recognized you, what killed me was that it wasn't just doing face detection, it was playing the game. Somebody was dancing. Yeah. And like, they were in game. It was recognizing that somebody's dancing, and it's like, oh yeah, that person's dancing, I'm tracking its its eyes, and while it did that, it was like, hey, Scott's in the background, how you doing? Yeah, I was like 15 <laughs> feet away from the camera, too. I was like, how and does it do So that? the camera was focused on two people that were 6 feet away, yeah. and then saw me 15 feet away, and said, hey, what's up? Oh, okay, nothing. See ya. And then just walk out of the camera. Uh, Mind blowing future. So this is this is the most futuristic I've ever felt yeah. since since getting on the real online on my phone. This is the yeah. most futuristic I've ever felt. So this life. technology is really exciting. We just now we just this this technology needs like it's Super Mario Galaxy or something like that. You know, yeah. like that's because that's but what I think that it'll was. Come. Yeah. It will come. It, just, yeah. it might take a year or so, but who, uh, who cares? That's, that's going to be really exciting. I'm glad it's selling well because that gives me hope that they will invest in this thing. Although Microsoft's recently, with all, and we talked about this last time, with all this new stuff they're doing, their phones and the Kinect and, and the new Xboxes and you know all, all this integration, Windows 7 and all that kind of crap, they're basically just taking their billions of dollars and taking a chunk out of that and going like, we're not going to let this thing die. We're just going to put $5 billion into Bing. We're going to put $3 billion into Windows Phone 7. You know, we'll put a billion dollars into Connect, and we're just going to push it until it survives. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we're going to see this thing go away anytime soon. Good. So. Good. I'm glad. All right. All right, so that is the official end of Episode 3 of the Rated NA Podcast for NerdAppropriate.com. Hooray! The website is done. The website is up. Um, these guys now have their usernames that they've probably both forgotten already. That Got they can right log here. in. Boom. We're going to start doing a lot more writing. I think uh, some of this talk that we do here in the podcast, I think we all kind of want to do uh, thoughts on paper on occasion and just kind of write up a blog. You know, we're not going to do a lot of reviews and things. It's not really what we're aiming for. Um, but we do have links to our favorite sites, things like Comic Vine, Kotaku, Joystick, uh, Gadget, uh, Slash Film. You know, these are all guys that we go to for our news and reviews. Um, and we'd love for you guys to go check them out too, because they're they're good people and good good sites. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for today. I'm gonna go fix a stupid car and hopefully get into a new house. Ash is gonna work on his hemorrhoids, and yeah. I'm gonna play Mass Effect One and Two from the. All over again and, and, and enjoy them both. You can do one so much. I more. I love Mass Effect One. Oh. Music and well, the music's the, phenomenal. The music and the ambiance and the story. Well, the story's phenomenal. Are enough to get me through God, the gameplay. Play and I am I I was amazing with the Mako the first time I played the game, <laughs> and I'm still amazing with it now. So not a problem. Oh man! Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. We'll see you when we see you. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks. We'll see you next Bye. time.